everyone, this is Gilbert Jalad. I'm talking to you from CPLSPA downtown Orlando. This is Tufts on Tax, where all your tax questions are answered right here uh, with Mr. T. Scott Tufts, the master and the expert when it comes to tax laws. Uh, this is, uh, you can actually call us at 877-647-7887 or you can reach him at stufts at cplspa.com. Again, that's 877-647-7887 and the email is stufts at cplspa.com. Hello, Scott. How are you today? Hey, good to be with you. Good to be with you too. And we have uh, a topic that we talked about uh, previously in the past, uh, operating agreements. And uh, you were showing me uh, before we got on air uh, an example of that. So right. what is an operating agreement? Right. So, okay. So we are talking about an agreement that will govern an LLC and what its owners understand to be the rules of the road for the, what they've come up with to govern how they're going to operate, manage their business. Mm -hmm. okay. And the provisions and oftentimes are in pages and pages of agreement. And I was just showing you one before we got on the air, Correct. Um, which is very technical. But one of the things that they have general features to them. You know, you'll have a cover page and it might look nice and it talk about securities provisions and depending on where the LLC's from, whether it's Delaware or Florida. Okay. And then you'll have a table of contents that will walk you through some 40, 50, 60, 80 pages. Mm -hmm. And many people uh, find themselves in, with an operating agreement that they really don't understand or that there are multitude of provisions that they have focused on, but maybe some other ones that they just, it went over their head, especially tax provisions. And what we are trying to get the word out is that you cannot gloss over the provisions in these agreements without understanding them. And yes, it might take someone with expertise or a background in, in uh, partnership taxation, if you got an LLC tax like a partnership, but it is critical for you to know that when you see terms you don't understand, you ask questions, right? You say, I don't understand this. Why do I need this? Uh, you'll see things like a capital account or provisions that have to be maintained in accordance with, and they'll cite to sections of the Internal Revenue Code, most notably Section 704B of the Internal Revenue Code. And I can't tell you how many times people will just, gloss over that and they have no idea what that means and and if i say something someone may say well scott those are terribly complex i trust that the accountants will know what to do well if there are certain elections to be made that will favor one member over another member you better care because that will hit you in the bottom line but if you don't know enough to ask and you don't know enough to get into the agreement and you don't do some examples in your mind of how your relationship will play out you might get bit and you and and it's going to be too late if you wait until after you've the ink has dried so to yeah, speak that's true. also one of the things i sent to you before we were talking is there are sections that deal with a duty to keep the books and records and what does it say about the k1 in it mm -hmm. what does it say about your right to the records of the company and then what we also have talked about what does it say about a tax matters partner who's going to be in charge of the entity when it goes through an audit and believe it or not 
it's not necessarily the managing member it's going to be who you've designated under the terms of the agreement and what we are looking for there is a partnership representative under the bba which is that bipartisan budget act and so again this is very technical but what the what we've got to get people to understand is that there's boilerplate provisions you sign off on it and if you don't know how it works it can bite you and what broke this for me was that here i've got a case and this kind of shows how we're breaking news right, right so yeah. uh, everybody wants to be breaking news well mm -hmm. i've got a case october 13 2022 out of the tax court clark raymond and company pllcv commissioner it is a uh, case that discusses in 35 pages according to you know, the way that i've got it printed up here where they specifically go through the agreement and in these boilerplate provisions that say we will maintain our capital accounts in accordance with regulation 1.704-1 b24 well if you don't understand those regulations and you've kind of just gone right along with it you might not realize that there are significant issues that occur when you're under these rules for example in the case that th this came out and discussed it was a number of entities mm -hmm. that were operating as the owners right and then the individual owners of those entities that had all formed together for a partnership in an accounting firm they ran into problems when the partners left so the partners leave their employees and they're leaving the entity and they're taking their book of business with them how do you value it these rules actually inside the tax code talk about booking up the value valuing an intangible asset that may not be on the books as so and so it, how, how, what is your agreement saying is going to happen when that happens and is the agreement that you have going to work and most importantly is what's on the k-1 proper so it's got a very practical impact when you're going to leave the partnership and you've got to comply with these rules. Who knows them? Who understands them? They're very difficult. And that's kind of what we're up against here. So I kind of saw this case and said, wow. So, so what I get out to everybody on this is, believe it or not, these provisions that are pages and pages long provision after provision dealing with fancy terms like partnership minimum gain qualified income offset maintaining your capital accounts doing it a certain way I, I i can't tell you how many times you know it will gloss over people say well we don't worry about that you have to worry about it because it is your governing terms that guide when you get out and when you get in okay so it is it is critical for our folks out there to understand that if you've got a complex partnership or limited partnership agreement operating agreement you got to look at it and hopefully you're looking at it before you sign it but even if it's after you sign it get to work on what does it talk about in the tax provisions what are your definitions say who is the partnership representative in case of an audit what will be the rules on what records you can get access to and then how do these rules actually matter in a practical way are you are you running through the hypotheticals to see how it can affect you right so you know we're not asking them to understand all these tax provisions but as a practical matter i assume if you're in business with somebody gilbert you're going to want to say okay so in three years if this doesn't work out and i go to exit out what how, how is that going to work 
correct? You'd want to go through those discussions ahead of time, and you want the tax laws to work in coordination with what your expectations are. And the worst thing can happen is if, you know, things go sideways. And that's kind of what was happening in this case. And, you know, interestingly enough, uh, just to show you that in real life terms, here's this October 2022 case. And right out of the box, I saw this in here as I was looking at it. It says, the partners filed forms 8082 notice of inconsistent treatment or administrative adjustment request contesting their income allocations, which led to an audit. Mm. So right here we're seeing right there that indeed it is as we talk about. The 8082 becomes the challenging document that leads to litigation except this is with the IRS and so you know something we, you got to be on top about of an example like that right the and then you know and so episode. but for the folks out there that say okay what about just in regular business i got a case that i found out of uh, north carolina dealt with a you know different llc mm-hmm. as far as an operating agreement up in north carolina but the bottom line was they were walking through the same sections of the operating agreement dealing with these capital account maintenance rules and what happens mm. when they're not maintained properly and the discussion becomes what do you do when you're going to get out and you know there's there's things like guarantee payments and how did they just dis- describe them and the confusion that came up they talk about how they got in a real life dispute because two people kept getting money out of the business but the third one did not mm. Wow, and the agreement said all three should get doc, you know, should get distributions, and instead they kind of got cute, got it out to two of them, and so they were able to get an injunction in the case. Now that doesn't mean they're going to necessarily win, but the third partner out or member in that case was on the outside looking in, was able to get an injunction. So again, that's a Norman v. Rabone and the other case. So from they the don't fall was into something like that. Do they need a lawyer like you to go of over course. the documentation? So, so we, you, you, ideally you preempt the situation yeah. by robust review of your agreements before you sign them. But if you sign something and you worry later, hey, maybe I shouldn't have, then you're going through the process of review mm. because then you start negotiating for an amendment, correct? Okay. Because you say, uh-oh, I need an amendment so they can come see some, somebody like me for that. Correct. Now, let's say it's even after that. You've already had the split and you're in a dispute Mm. now you hope you can work within those provisions because there's a lot of twists and turns and interpretation within these tax law provisions Mm -hmm. and then last but not least if you get audited and you've got your partnership rep in there and it isn't you the good news is it isn't you they're Mm. in charge the bad news is they're in charge Mm. so which way do you want it (laughs) you want to look at you want to be in charge and deal with the IRS yourself, and you answer for everybody else, and you make the final decision, uh-huh. or do you want to be on the outside looking in and ready to take shots at the, you know, not literally, but you know, be upset or something with the with the representative? And what is your agreement going to say about reimbursing costs for that person, right? And are they under a fiduciary duty and so forth and so on? So our audience has to get the idea that if you've got an operating agreement or a partnership agreement, look at it right now. If it doesn't say that who the partnership rep is and doesn't use words like the Bipartisan Budget Act of 2015, if you don't see stuff like that in there 
or you're not clear how it's going to work on different scenarios, you need to be clear and you need to figure it out. So get to someone like me who can walk you through your agreement and do that kind of review. And so that would be ideal. Don't wait for the, the proverbial shoe to drop and then you're in litigation and you don't know where you stand. So how do, would you be able to help them when they reach the level of these examples that you're showing us? So what we can do in these situations is we have to understand their business, how it relates the paper to their reality, but we walk through what the numbers are. We'll need the financial statements or some kind of idea of where, how far they're operating. Are they just new into the business so they put up money and someone else put up property or did they borrow? What are the arrangements? What's the paperwork going to look like? Pretty robust review, if you will. And then you're looking at, well, what does the K-1s look like so far? So we grab the tax returns if you can get them. And then you want to look at them and compare them to the K-1s. And ideally, you have all the K-1s. So you get to see what your partners are doing on their K-1s. And then you're able to start looking at that that way, if that makes sense. And, and we work side by side with the accounts because we ultimately, either whether you need an expert or a review, or as I've told uh, the audience in the past, you know, sometimes the accountants do the entity level and then they'll do everybody's return, mm -hmm. right? Now, that's great for them. They got all that business. But if there are decisions that favor one partner over the other, who's making that call? Exactly. And Right? So who does that accountant answer to and which partner and how do they make those calls if one can go one way and it can go the other way based on the, the makeup or composition of that LLC. So yeah, it, it is a it is not for the faint of heart and it certainly adds a cost to doing business, right? It's not a simple thing. This is why partnerships, LLCs that are not S corporations can operate with a little bit more or operate with both flexibility mm -hmm. and complexity. Correct? And I, one other thing I'll say, so even this tax case, I saw the reference made to uh, the, what, they, what did they call the agreement, they called the uh, provisions. I think they referred to them as, and just bear with me one sec, it said um, it had uh, sophisticated partnership tax provisions. So I would suggest to my, the audience that sophisticated tax provisions uh, are going to exist with S-corporations, but uh, S-corporations oper operate more on an equal basis because the, the shareholders have to be treated equally, pro rata, and some of those protections. Uh, a little bit more wild, wild west with the uh, LLC partnership type documents. So... Again, if you get these things and you're looking at them and you need it, need it reviewed, get to somebody like me, get that review done before it's too late, before you hit the litigation and things go sideways. Absolutely. Uh, great advice. Okay, folks. Well, you heard Mr. T. Scott Tufts. If you have an agreement like that and you need to review it, have someone professional, expert, that knows uh, everything about this, like Mr. T. Scott Tufts. You can call him at 877-647-7887. Again, that number is 877-647-7887. Or you can email him at stufts at cps. CPLSPA.com. That's S Tufts at CPLSPA.com, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.